Hi everyone, welcome to my podcast. My name is Dan Brixey and this is the Handsome Dan Podcast. Well, I like all things music, movies, stuff in between, football, rugby league, sport. Also talk about my life, my family, just something to do, just something that just gets me out there. also want to talk about writing and all sorts of other things. So let's get on with the show. This is the Handsome Dan Podcast. Episode one of the Handsome Dan podcast is me, Dan Brixey here, calling myself Handsome Dan. Uh, of course, why not? Indeed. I hope you're all doing well. Uh, gee, the world is um, an interesting place at the moment. Probably not always for the better, as I think I remember Chinese. Um, I don't know if it's a saying. May you live in interesting times, which is not always meant to be a compliment. So, and we are definitely living in interesting times with Donald Trump in America and uh, definitely with Pauline Hanson, certainly gaining a little bit of popularity in Australia. And I think she'll probably gain a lot more popularity as well as it seems that the left is moving further to the left. The right is moving further to the right. There seems to be not a lot in between. You've either got to join one group or the other. I got to admit, my politics generally lean towards the left because I do consider myself an artist, and I'll talk about that in a little bit, but I do find that sometimes the left is taking it a little too far, and I think it's the lack of conversation that we're having. So be good to each other. Talk to each other. Listen. Don't yell. Too much yelling. There is a lot of noise out there, and a lot of people feel that they've got to yell above the noise. Well, sometimes we can just sit down, do something a little bit quiet. Meditate beforehand. That's a good way to get quiet. You can probably hear my birds chirping in the background. I can certainly hear them in my headphones here. I'm in my bedroom studio. This is the makeshift studio that I have built here. Using my Rode NT-USB microphone, I'm recording into Adobe Audition which I use at work. I work for a radio station here on the Gold Coast, uh, one of the commercial radio stations. I really do quite enjoy it there. Uh, Yes, I know we we play a lot of different music, but I'm a big fan and I play, I like a lot of music that is totally different to what is going on out there. Let's start off with the movies, the Oscars. We're here on Tuesday, well, Monday. It's now uh, Wednesday. I'm recording this on Wednesday. This is the 1st of March. The first day of spring, something the spring, autumn. <laughs> getting my getting my seasons all mixed up there. <laughs> summer. What a long, hot summer it was. Yeah, I'm sweating now just sitting in my room. And I've got the fan on, got the windows open. It's a little bit warm today, but here we are. And, um, the Oscars on Monday afternoon. Now, I normally go to my friend Greg's house to watch the Oscars every year, and I have a really good time doing that. It's become a bit of a yearly tradition, sit and have some lunch and watch the Oscars. I have a job that affords me the time to go and to watch, sit down and watch the Oscars. And look, I thought it was going to be a, a pretty dull affair. I thought La La Land was going to walk away with everything, and it kind of didn't. It still won six Oscars. La La Land is a fine film. There's, there's, it is a really good film. Very well made. Damien Chazelle is someone who I think is completely in charge 
of his craft as a filmmaker, having watched Whiplash and La La Land. He really knows obviously where to put the camera, how to make it flow. He is, his work with his editor is excellent. And La La Land, I thought, had one of the, the best openings. I loved its song and dance number at, on the freeway. And it had one of the best closing scenes. The final 10-minute epilogue was beautifully cinematic. I thought it would win Best Picture, and I won't go into the confuffle there. That's been talked about so much. Because ultimately, the winner was Moonlight. Now, Moonlight is a film that I think I feel deserved the Best Picture win more than anything. Having seen both films, Moonlight was the one that struck a chord with me more than anything because I think it was a film about something. And it was a film about finding love in a world that's very, very, very tough and doesn't take prisoners very lightly or doesn't take the world very lightly anyway. And it's about the search for love in something that's not going to give you many chances in this world. It's beautifully directed by Barry Jenkins, who is someone who I think is going to become one of the great filmmakers. Uh, The look of the film, the colours that he used, the editing, the cinematography, the music. This was something that I think... This is probably a film that I think I will revisit quite a few times and maybe it will become one of those classic films that people go back listen to or sorry talk watch and talk about because it's a film that you want to talk about I I saw it on my own I don't know anyone else who's seen it and it's definitely just one of those films I wanted to talk about its final scene is just so it's so sad and yet uplifting and hopeful you know just the search for love in a very 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 cruel an unforgiving world. So I think Moonlight deserved the best picture more than that because I felt, yes, it had something to say. And I'll give that to the Oscars. In the last five years, they've split the award, the Director and the Picture Award, uh, four times. That can't be a bad thing, I don't think. And the right film did win Best Picture in a time when many, many people do say the Oscars get it wrong. Another film I really liked from that was Hell or High Water, the one written by Taylor Sheridan and directed by David McKenzie. I didn't realise Taylor Sheridan was the guy who played the cop in the first three seasons of Sons of Anarchy, which is not a show I particularly liked, actually. That show lost me in its second season, but I know there's a lot of people out there who just love Sons of Anarchy. But he's turned into a really, really good screenwriter, Taylor Sheridan. He wrote Sicario, which is a film I really, really liked. Directed by the Canadian Denis Villeneuve. Jeez, I hope I pronounced that correctly. We'll talk about uh, Denis Villeneuve um, soon. But Hell or High Water about the two brothers robbing banks in Texas to help pay for the incredible debt that has incurred on their property. Uh, Once again, it was a film that had something to say. It had a conscience. It would have been something that would have really, really worked in the 1970s. But um, it worked very well now. Probably in the 70s, if that film had come out, it would have probably been bigger and may have won some more awards. I was glad it was there. I was really kind of hoping it would win original screenplay, but it didn't. Sometimes you just know films are going to win or they're not going to win. But Hell or High Water was definitely something that I would recommend. So, you know, if I'm, if I'm making a list of recommendations now, I mean, I'm talking Moonlight, I'm talking Hell or High Water, and another one I'm going to recommend is Arrival, the one directed by Denis Villeneuve. Now, he's a Canadian director who I've been watching for a while and I think he is 
he is really visually fantastic and also a director with something to say prisoners was an interesting film i haven't seen enemy the next film he made but sicario i thought was absolutely terrific but i love any of those stories about the drug smuggling like narcos on netflix which is really worth watching as well and i really really like what he does he is arrival about the aliens landing on earth and amy adams playing a linguist who has to try and understand what the alien the message the aliens are trying to give once again it was one of those films something to say and by the end of it it was not what you kind of thought the message was really about something else altogether and i i really really liked that and it was handled so well Villeneuve is directing Blade Runner 2049 with Ryan Gosling and Harrison Ford, the official sequel to Blade Runner. Uh, You can only just look forward to that one there. I'm really hoping that that one's going to be one of the films of 2017. Look, 2017, as far as movies go, I'm sure we're going to have another Star Wars film. We're certainly going to have some more films with superheroes. And you know what? I, I I couldn't care less about any superhero films at all. I just... They don't do anything for me. I, I'm finding now that when you get a superhero film like The Dark Knight that had that really was bold, it was adventurous, it was well made, well written, and had something to say, and then every other superhero film that comes out, and it's like this is all that seems to be happening, and all people want to go and see, which is a shame because I do really enjoy the smaller films, films with really great original stories like Hell or High Water or, or Moonlight. I really, really enjoy it. And I've always liked films like that with, with directors doing something interesting. So I'm just look, I just look out for those sorts of films. So I actually appreciate any recommendations. And I do find Netflix has a lot of those kinds of films on there. There's so many really interesting films there that need checking out, especially international stuff. I'm always trying to check out Korean films. I do, I'm interested in Korean film directors. They certainly have an interesting take and an interesting look on life. Uh, I mean, there's Beauty and the Beast coming out with Emma Watson, which I've got to take my kids to go and see. I've got three kids. They will want to see it. And mm, <laughs> it looks weird. I saw something that, you know, upgrades are supposed to look, you know, look better. And yet Mrs. Potts has that weird face with the lips that looks like clutch cargo. Remember that? If you're old enough, look it up on YouTube. It'll scare the hell out of you. Clutch Cargo is an old cartoon from the 60s and it was like all the pictures were static yet they had human mouths cut in and superimposed and moved. Oh, it looked weird. It's a weird, weird, weird looking thing, that show. <laughs> I've digressed entirely. So that's that's my talk on movies there. And uh, now I'm going to flip over to music because, hey, this is my podcast. I'm going to talk about what I like. I may even do interviews one day. It'll probably make it more interesting than listening to my voice. But if you're out there and you're listening, I hope you enjoy the sound of it. I've got to talk about movie music now. And look, I look, 2017 is well on its way. And it's well on its way when you know that King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard, who are my favorite Australian band at the moment, Say they're going to release five albums this year. They've already released their first one, Flying Microtonal Banana. I've just had a listen to it. It is, it's, it's really great. If you listen to their last album, Nonagon Infinity, it's not as rocky, but there's a lot to explore on it. And they're using microtonal tunings, and it certainly takes you on a, a different journey, that's for sure. I also have really liked Dune Rats, a Brisbane band. 
because I've got to, got to support your Brisbane bands. I like my violence, Soho and Dune Rats. The kids will know it's bullshit. Great rock album. Bullshit was one of my favourite songs of 2016. The new album is out. I really recommend checking out that uh, blue. So there's King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. Get my mouth around that one. The Dune Rats. Always like them. I also try to listen to some other stuff. Like I'm, I'm starting to like a lot more ambient music. I've gotten into Brian Eno and he's got this new one out called Reflection, which is really, really interesting. He's, it's, I mean, you could sit there and think it's just like playing on a keyboard, but he's used a lot of algorithms and stuff like that for tones and the timing of where to put the tones. So he's made a CD or a recording called Reflection, which you can get on, you can download and you can buy the CD, whatever you want. So, and it's 54 minutes long which is fine. That's how long a lot of those sorts of pieces go for. But he's created an app as well because he intended the piece to be infinite, to just go on forever. And what happens is you can buy this app that will play Reflection and you can kind of manipulate it as well. That will play for as long as you want it to play. Really, for days, weeks, months, it's meant to be an infinite piece. And it will never play it the same way twice. Now, that's what I call taking music to another extreme because really, you know, I mean, like we can listen to three-minute pop songs. I've been listening to three-minute pop songs my whole entire life. I've got nothing against them. I don't mind long pieces as well. Everything works in my opinion. As long as it is good, I don't care who does it. Even if it's Justin Bieber, if it's good and well put together, I like it. But I'm interested in our artists that are pushing the boundaries. And still, you know, Brian Eno's, well into his late 60s and still looking at pushing many, many boundaries of music. And I like that. And in the last 12 months, I, for some reason, <laughs> I still can't quite, I can't remember, but I got into DJing. I got into uh, listening to DJing and production and, and all that sort of stuff. And I, I found this is where a lot of the boundaries were getting pushed with tunings and and length of songs and, and breaking the breaks of songs and bars and beats and everything like that. And I suppose it's probably why I like King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard, because within the confines of a band, they're pushing some sort of boundaries. They're taking trying to take it to a, another level, because rock and roll has only been around for the last 50-odd years, and it's, it's only in the, in the greater history of the world. I think when you look back on the history of the world, this rock and roll has got this small, tiny thing. Will it be something that will last? Will it be something that people will still talk about in 100 years? We all still talk about music, that's for sure. I mean, good music will always rise to the top, but is it going to be one of those things that we will look back on and say, well, back between 1955 and, two, and 1995, that was kind of the golden age of this music called rock and roll about 40 years what went on after that you know rock and roll hasn't pushed many boundaries in the last 20 odd years hip-hop however has been pushing boundaries some of the more interesting artists coming out guys like kendrick lamar they're pushing some boundaries with hip-hop and that's you know i like him or hate him but kanye west is always doing something interesting there's there's he's not regular hip-hop i suppose so that's an interesting look at what music I'm listening to at the moment. I mean, there's plenty more if I probably have a look at my uh, little iTunes. I've just had a, got Max Richter, who is a guy who wrote a long piece called Sleep that goes for hours. Uh, the new Ryan Adams, that's pretty cool too. Prisoner, 
that is out and that is a pretty cool album the opening song do you still love me it's the guy has been just been writing really cool songs and he's just prolific as hell and I really, really um, am digging the new album as well, Prisoner. It's it's a very, very cool record there. The Rolling Stones' last album too, Blue and Lonesome, going back to their blues roots. How good was it? How good? It was just still an amazing record. The new Mastodon is coming out soon as well, Emperor of Sand. The two songs have already been released from it, and I really, really like it. Uh, look, live music. I've been to see it. There's been a few concerts at the start of the year, I went and saw Dinosaur Junior early in the year. Got right up the front. I couldn't. I had earplugs on, and yet I still had my ears blasted by Jay Mascus's rig, because pretty much half the reason you do go and see Dinosaur Junior is literally just to watch Jay Mascus. If you're a bit of a gear nerd, watch those incredible pedals set up, his his amp set up, his speakers, the sounds he gets, the way he wants to do it. That that's what you go see Dinosaur Junior for. Also. Um, I then went and saw Nick Cave. Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds at the River Stage in Brisbane. And Nick is one of those few artists in the world that is still bringing out stuff that is every bit as good as anything he brought out 20 years ago. I think some of his new stuff is better than anything he's brought out. And his show was amazing. And one of those few shows now I just didn't want to end. I saw Guns N' Roses. Well, it was what I expected. It was a big rock show. I know a lot of people have come out and said it was the best thing they've ever seen. I think you don't see too many shows if you think Guns N' Roses was the best thing you've ever seen. It was a well-polished, well-put-together rock show with lots and lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of guitar solos and a band that barely spoke to each other or communicated with each other. And uh, that's what you get. They asked for a lot of money for that show. I'm glad I didn't pay for it. I, I did get a freebie for it. But uh, still, it was... It was it was okay. Guns N' Roses was okay. Saw the boss, Bruce Springsteen. I really don't like calling him the boss because it's a nickname he doesn't like. So that's the first and last time I refer to him as that. Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band never disappoints, ever. Every time I see him, it is something different. Sure, he plays the regulars, Born to Run, Dancing in the Dark, Badlands, but what he throws in between that, that is, that's the joy, that's the pleasure of it. My favourite song of his is Racing in the Street from his Darkness on the Edge of Town album. Now, I, he played that the first time I saw him in 85, and I've seen him every time he's come to Brisbane since, and he's never played it since. And I think I'm just going to have to stop expecting it. I think I go every time just to hear him sing it, because it's just such a beautiful song. But this time, because he played on Valentine's Day, he did a special Valentine's Day performance, and what what could I say? I was quite happy. After about the third song, I thought to myself, because it was all, he was doing his love songs. And after about the third song, I thought to myself, you know, if he does this all night, just three, just these love songs, then I'm, I'll be happy. I'll be absolutely stone cold happy if that's what he does, because I know then I'll have seen something different, something unique. And look, he played enough for me to love. And I love, the guy's got incredible quality control. Even his B-sides are rarities are like crowd favourites and people find something to love about him. He is just one of those artists. And like Nick Cave, he was the other one. Still producing music that, you know, 20 years, in the last 20 years, is as good as anything or better. I think Nick Cave's one of them. Some artists just grow, respectively, and, and get better with age. Some of them lose their voice and got nothing to say. But uh, Nick Cave and Bruce Springsteen, there's a few others, Tom Waits. I mentioned Brian, you know, before... There's a few others that, that are just really, really pushing themselves. Some of them are, are treading water, nothing to say. Filmmakers are the same. There's very few filmmakers who get a bit older and 
have anything to say. Scorsese is one of the rare ones, so is Clint Eastwood. But I'm really looking for... I really like some of the younger guys. Now, I'm really looking at some of those guys, like Damien Chazelle and Barry Jenkins and um, um, Denis Villeneuve. And there's a few others there that I'm like, yeah, I like that guy. But some of the old guys, you know, they're called masters for a reason, and that's why we have them. Well, I think I've pretty much covered off on what I wanted to talk about with movies and music. I just wanted to talk about writing, I suppose. Uh, Look, something that I've been doing for a while on and off for the last 20-odd years. Never anything serious, but uh, lately I have been getting into something very, very serious. I've written play and I'm really getting back into writing something. I think I'm doing uni and majoring in writing, so I think this is something that I really want to do. And I, I really am interested in the process and what makes people sit down and start writing stuff, what the motivation is, what makes you want to do it, what makes us want to do any of these sorts of things. I'm into the creative thing, I suppose, because I also do photography. I also muck around with DJing and music. I've got my own little gear, and that was actually surprisingly cheap to get into. You don't have to spend a lot of money to get into um, that sort of thing anymore. I mean, people play those big Pioneer rigs that cost tens of thousands of dollars. You can buy a DJ controller for a couple hundred bucks. Uh, You can buy some software for a few dollars and um, a couple of um, keyboard synthesizers and groove boxes. A couple hundred bucks sets you back, about four or five hundred dollars sets you back and you're ready to get going and sit there and be a home DJ or start playing in clubs. It's up to you. Like anything, it takes practice. It's not just a case of pressing buttons. As a lot of people think it is, you've got to know your music. You've got to know what motivates you and uh, you've got to know what works and that's what practices you you think i'll just drop this song in and all of a sudden you think oh that would just suck if i threw that in that that'd be that's a bad mix right there and sometimes you nail it you hit the groove like anything but uh, i've digressed a little bit but i'm interested in the creative process what makes people want to do because i think that's the thing i think that's the secret is 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 just making something just doing something i think everyone has their own little thing they like to do and what that's probably what it is everyone says oh i need a job that will that if i was doing what i did as a hobby for a job then my life would be the the best i i would i would have a true life well if you've got a job where you can actually do stuff in your spare time then that's i think half the battle that is half the battle because a lot of people do their stuff in their spare time and then when you do have to probably do this for a living then you've got to try and find something else to do in your spare time to keep you motivated because otherwise it'd just become work and work has to be a means to an end so to speak i know people say hard work is its own reward but i do believe it is a means to an end i think uh we work too hard in our jobs and i personally believe that you shouldn't work any longer than six hours a day if you don't have to work for more than four days a week then you're a lucky person and that's kind of what i try to do anyway it doesn't pay the pay a lot but certainly makes you a more rounded and a more grounded person that's for sure that's my little philosophy i suppose the thing is you know there's a lot to be said for being busy and a lot of people say and we are all busy in our lives but there's you need time to stop and detach from yourself so to speak i do meditate i try to anyway sometimes i fall asleep when i'm meditating because my brain just completely goes shuts down and that took me a while to learn to shut my brain off to do that because I, I've got one of those brains that just keeps going and going and going. So I really, really have to use that. And I use it as a, as a bit of a tool, actually, because you can get some really great creative thoughts when you are meditating. So 
I try to do that. I generally write something every day, whether it's a page, whether it's a couple of words. As Truman Capote said, he might have only written one word today, but it was the right word. Anyway, I think that's pretty much it. I'll talk a little bit more in my next one, but this is uh, Dan Brixie. This is the Handsome Dan Podcast. I'm going to try and get these up all probably once a month, once a fortnight. I don't know. Depends how, depends how motivated I get. This is me signing off until next time. <laughs>